You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Good morning. Welcome to Vineyard Community Church at Mount Comfort. My name is Rick Francis. It's a joy to have you with us today. We're looking at navigating uncertainty today. If you've got your devotional, you can open to the page. And uh, as you look past page five over to page six and seven, you'll see that there's all sorts of space for you to journal, to write your thoughts in. So if you want to, even as, as we're going through it this morning, uh, you're going to have an opportunity to do that. There should be pens in the, in the seat in front of you. And if there's not, we've got pens in the back where the offering basket is. Uh, you feel free to help yourself to that. When we look at our need to navigate uncertainty, what are we talking about? What is it to navigate uncertainty? I think it's our issue of needing to be in control. Anybody control freak here? We got any control folks that just love to control, control, control? And for those that love to control, then these days that we're living in, these are very uncertain times. And it makes it really difficult for you to work in your modus operandi. The, the way you normally like to operate, it's gonna be hard because there's so much uncertainty in these days. And it's like, Lord, how, how do I get out of this? I don't know about you, but watching the Colts yesterday, I wish I would have just put my DVR on and then wait and see what the score was and then decide whether I wanted to watch it. Uh, if we win, I like to watch. If we lose, eh, let's just delete this episode and wait for next. But there is no next. Now it's over. And it's kind of like, I, I find that because I, I don't really consider myself a control freak, but it's amazing how I'm blinded by how much control I actually do enjoy and I do pursue. And it's when I'm watching those kind of athletic contests, those other kind of activities that you have no input, you have no ability to influence the outcome, and you're just sitting there, the uncertainty will kill you. Welcome to the USA 2021. It's like, we have no control what's going on in the parade in Washington. We don't know what's happening there with the pandemic. How many know whether or not you're gonna take the, the vaccine when it's available? What are you gonna do? Are you, are you gonna to choose to, man, we'd like to know, is, is people gonna die when they get the vaccine? Or are they gonna lose their hair if they get the vaccine? You know, what's gonna happen as a result of this? I'd like to have some more input of what's going on so I can make an, an intelligent decision which is code for, I wanna be in control. Mm -hmm. So as we look at uncertainty and, and the crazy need that we have for control, our verse that we meditate on is coming from Romans chapter eight, verses 38 and 39. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, 
neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Sound familiar? You just sang it. I think it was the first song. And it's like, wow. As, as I looked at Gloria's <clears throat> selection of music today, I thought, well, you've already heard everything I'm gonna say in music. Now, now we're just gonna say it with words, without the music. Hopefully heaven will be playing in your heart as, as we look at this. So uncertainty, who can we trust? Hmm. What's going to happen? When is it ever going to be over? What's the right thing to do about this, about that? What's the right thing to do about everything? And so we've got so much uncertainty at this point in our life, we just thought, man, this series is, is a good series for us to look at and to look specifically at uncertainty. In this practice that you're, the exercise that's in your, in your devotional, the constant certainty of God's love is what is the foundation. It, it's, it's our stabilizing place. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing can separate us. So as we look at that, we need to hear it like this. No outside voice can separate me from the love of God. Any amens? Why don't you read these with me? No virus can separate me from the love of God. Uh-oh. Okay, then I will read them and you listen. <laughs> No restriction can separate me from the love of God. No threat to my employment can separate me from the love of God. And then you just keep adding whatever the uncertainty is that's coming after you. So we find that as most things in the kingdom, it's about community, it's about together. It's about facing the difficulties, the challenges, uh, the way in which evil comes to interfere and destroy, still kill, those kind of things, that we need one another. So the together, so that when we, when we start to name our uncertainties that threaten us, we can invite him to close the gap between those challenges and his love, because his love is always certain. There's no uncertainty about his love. So as we share this message with you today, it's also gonna just be a little exercise in what we're looking forward for the next four weeks that you'll be doing in your own devotional time with the Lord. <clears throat> so let's just spend a moment of quiet. Just quiet your heart. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and to show us uh, the things that are causing us to be anxious, the uncertainties that are the most stress, stressful to us, cause us to be able to find them and articulate them. Amen. So in your devotional journal, you have four aspects. One is we acknowledge 
we acknowledge. And in this, we actually name the uncertainties that are really messing with our peace and creating anxiety in ourself and, and in our community. What is it that's, that's really messing up your peace? What it is, is it that's creating anxiety? See, I, I find that a lot of times what the enemy will do is he'll try to use just a, a vague, general sense of anxiety. And as long as it's just this vague, general sense that's causing us to be anxious, there's very little that we can do about it other than just endure it. But when we ask the Holy Spirit to show us, what is it that's attacking my peace? What is causing me to be anxious? And then we can identify those things. Then we have something that we can do. We have something on the table that we can deal with. So I want to encourage you, even as I'm speaking, go ahead and write the things that are, that the, are, are really stressing and are bringing anxiety in your life. And just put some bullet points there in your, in your devotional. <clears throat> Is the pandemic bothering anybody? Mm-hmm. Is government bothering anybody? Mm. Okay, let's identify a few things. Is your bunion hurting? Getting anxious about a prognosis? Mm -hmm. And then what we do once we acknowledge it and we name it, then we begin to address it. And we find that in this step, we need to go back to the scripture and read it very slowly. Go back to Romans 8, 38 and 39 and just realize that there's hardly anything that's not covered there. <laughs> there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. But as we go through that verse and we look at it, then we can start to see, oh yeah, that can't separate me. I remember one of the first times I had a revelation, I was going to uh, St. Francis Hospital. I had a friend that was getting ready to go in for surgery and I had read this verse and as I was reading this verse that nothing can separate us, not sickness, not death, not, and just the spirit realm going through all of that. And all of a sudden it just popped in. Not even anesthetic can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And I shared that with him. And this was back in the days before the anesthetic took away and erased your memory and you had no clue of what happened. And I said, my friend Dave, as you go under anesthetic, I want you to anticipate your spirit and the Holy Spirit having a wonderful, wonderful time together. And I'd like for you to share with me after you get through what the Holy Spirit shared with you. What kind of fellowship did you enjoy? Hmm. We need to be ready to understand that nothing can separate us. Now, I don't get very many testimonies on, on that anymore because by the time they put the medication in that wipes out your memory, uh, whatever the Lord did, just your spirit and his spirit knows and uh, that's all good. So we read the scripture slowly, then we face the uncertainties. We don't sweep them under the rugs. We don't pretend like they don't exist. We don't pretend like we're Superman and they don't bother us. Oh, that doesn't bother me. I don't care about that. I'm fine. And as we address them, we can start to address them based on the scripture and just say, no, and you put fill in the blank, whatever it is that's there. No prognosis can separate me from the love of God. 
And this is one of those things like Psalm 136, one of those antiphonal psalms where, you know, there's, there's this response, his steadfast love endures forever. Nothing can separate me from his love. Nothing can separate me from his love. Then this person says, how about this? Nothing can separate me from his love. How about this? Nothing can separate me from his love. And so you, you look at this and you start to tell yourself the truth based on the word of God, not your emotional makeup and not your perception of what's happening in the world. But you're honest with yourself about the anxiety that you're feeling and you're putting in the word of God and you're making a declaration and watch the Holy Spirit start to line up your heart, your emotions, your feelings, your thoughts in line with his word and his presence and his love. <clears throat> so then the next step is ask. And in this step, we speak to the Lord, asking for what we need to receive from him in order to close the gap between his love and our uncertainty. He doesn't want any of us to be controlled by the fear of uncertainty. And so he wants us to come to him and ask. <clears throat> and when we do that, and we're doing that in community, and Marcus is sharing his, his big anxiety that Purdue's gonna lose to IU in basketball, and I can feel his pain, I feel the anxiety that's going on there, then we can come together in agreement and just say, Lord, bless that part in Marcus's heart that is worried about Purdue's performance this season. And we can come in, we can agree, we can pray. Now notice I did not agree that they would be IU. I, I didn't come in agreement with that, but I did come in agreement that the Lord would minister to his heart. But when we, when we get into those examples and we share those things and we acknowledge what it is that's there, we've, we've identified them and now we start to share them, we can together pray together about whatever uncertainty that's in the heart of a brother or sister in the, in the body of Christ. And so we need to do that. Then the last step is we acknowledge in this step, we close the practice by acknowledging the certainty of God and his love. Hmm. And here's a good time to go back to the scripture again and reread it, looking together, maybe making a few declarations, coming in agreement in prayer, acknowledging, Lord, you have authority. Of the increase of your government, there will be no end. And whoever is, whatever's going on in the political realm, Lord, you transcend that. And we pray that your mercy and your grace would be upon our country and that you would release light, liberty, truth, and most of all, love. Mm -hmm. Well, I was... Uh, as I was preparing this week, I, I came across an incredible article and it just talked about embracing joy. And I thought, you know, one of the antidotes when, when you're facing uncertainty, that's the things that you can't control. You can embrace the joy about what you know is firm and true and secure. 
So here they are. Number one, what God starts, he brings to completion. You can take that to the bank. He's not like some of us who like to start and never finish. What he starts, he finishes. Philippians 1, 6 says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Number two, all good things come from God. James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Number three, God is able, always, always. Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. Number four, God will make a way. Isaiah 43, 19. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. I think that's one that we need to hold on to. Because some of the arid places that it feels like we're heading into, the wasteland, the desert, it's nice to know that he knows how to make a way and how to bring streams to us, even in the desert. Number five, goodness and faithful love will follow me all the days of my life. Psalm 23, six. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Number six, God is my friend. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. He likes to include us. What's in the father's plans? Number seven, <clears throat> God has good plans for me. I can trust his plans. Romans 8, 28, for we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Also Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Number eight, God will be with me every step of the way. Isaiah 43, two, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Doesn't mean you won't have some rivers. Doesn't mean fire's not coming. Just means he's gonna be with us. Number nine, God never tires. Do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is everlasting, the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary and his understanding no one can fathom. I was listening to a testimony of Randy Clark and he was talking about praying for a lady and 
her condition and, and they prayed the first time and nothing happened and he prayed the second time, nothing happened and, and he could see the expression on her face and he says, do you think God's tired? Implying, do you think God's tired of, of hearing prayers for you? No. They prayed again and she was healed. Sometimes it's what's going on inside of us that's the restrictor. And it's like, Lord, help us have an open heart and passageway for you to flow through so that we can receive everything that you want to release and give to us. Well, I thought those were encouraging things in times of uncertainty, just kind of review. Going back to our scripture verse, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Mm. I think that is just so powerful. But I wanna, I wanna conclude with what we read corporately this morning. Psalm 11, verse three. When the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? The suggestion at the beginning of this psalm is why don't you flee and run to the mountains? Be like a bird, fly away. What can the righteous do when the foundations are being shaken? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord is on his heavenly throne. He observes everyone on earth. His eyes examine them. The Lord examines the righteous but the wicked and those who love violence he hates with a passion. On the wicked he will rain fiery coals and burning sulfur. The scorching wind will be their lot. For the Lord is righteous. He loves justice. The upright will see his face. Wow. What will the righteous do? We will reconnect with the one who is eternal. We will reconnect with the one who is always faithful and true. We reconnect with a reality that transcends the natural realm. We come and we remember he's immutable. He'll never change. He's steadfast and he's good. And I want to just take one second for the person who is afraid that uh, they're part of the wicked and that they're hated by God and that he's going to drop a bucket of coals on their head and they're going to get scorched. If you're listening to this, that's not you. There is a truth. There is a righteousness of God but there is his mercy and his love for his kids. And sometimes when, when our behavior is not measuring up, we feel like we're the wicked. Well, we might make some bad choices, but you're not the wicked. So don't let the enemy 
take God's word and misapply it to your life. Now, if you've been doing some really wicked stuff, today's a good day to repent. It's a good day to acknowledge that and to come into the blessing of his love. Amen? Amen. Take your communion elements. Mm. The word of the Lord is always such a rich treasure to us. As you continue to be a student of the word, and as you continue to use it as a means of relational connection with the God of love, you will find <laughs> it will get sweeter and sweeter and it will have more impact in your life. Yeah. And so Jesus, we just acknowledge that you are the bread of life, that you are the logos, you are the word and that you became flesh and that you dwelt among us and we beheld your glory full of grace and truth. And we say, let the fullness of grace and truth be ingested into us as we acknowledge the word became flesh. Now let your word become flesh in us. We take and eat with thanksgiving and in remembrance of you. Hmm. The blood. I keep meditating on the blood. Lord, you keep showing me more and more things. I thank you that there's power in the blood, there's cleansing, that there is a sanctifying of the sprinkling of the blood on everything that it touches. And as we take this, Lord, we're not just sprinkled by your blood, but we ingest your blood. We say, let the change supernaturally go to the very center and core of our being and radiate into the most outward expressions of life. And so we take and drink with thanksgiving in remembrance of you. Amen. So the worship team comes to lead us in our last song. I want you to just enjoy his presence. Be sensitive to what he's wanting to minister to your heart. Don't let the fear, the anxiety, the uncertainty go out of this building with you. Leave it at the foot of the cross. Connect with Jesus in a way that causes you to be filled with awe and wonder of how good he is. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.